2: Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and term supply. See mcdonalds.com.
3: It's that time again. It's the Back of the Nest Crystal Palace Preview podcast. We're sandwiched in between two Man United games. We've got a great feeling for you. Hey, Patrick. Hey, Chris. I'm Nick. Um, we're back again, like the renegade masters that we are. Patrick, um, the first thing I want to ask you is, have you cancelled your flight to England yet? No. Because of previous results.
4: No, it's too expensive to cancel it. If I could, I probably would have, but no, I haven't.
3: Okay, we'll, be, well come good, well come good. And Chris, I was very, very unsurprised to see a social media image of you at a pub opening. Now, fancy that. What's that all about?
5: Yep. Yeah. So, wonderful place, the um, the Kronk's Tap in Central Croydon that uh, closed its doors at the uh, its previous location at Box Park, and reopened in the summer held an official opening evening on Friday Friday night we had the uh civic mayor of Croydon deputy civic mayor of Croydon um and myself and various others as guests and it was great to see the place thriving they've got a fantastic mural on the side uh people who uh go to the Homestyle stand will know that uh, there's the uh the Cronks tap at the far end of the homestyle stand as well, so you can you'll be used to their beer. It's, it's beer um, brewed by Palace fans for Palace fans, and it's definitely worth a visit uh, next time you're in Croydon. So yeah, I'd, I'd highly recommend it. I've missed them big time. They kept us going during lockdown by delivering beers to people's doors for them to have uh, in their lockdown taverns, etc. Um, and yeah, I, I'm I do seem to, to see
3: recall when we were having a few. Um zoom calls during that you had a pub background and i had you going saying that people were coming in and out but they actually weren't but but i convinced <laughs> several of the other people on the zoom call that that they were patrick
4: Ryder a cup what your thoughts the europeans are going to win but it's always difficult for me because i don't really it's i don't know i don't really know who to cheer for honestly just, i kind of just end up cheering for the underdog at on the last day during the singles. I just enjoy the first two days, and then I'll watch it to find who. It's very difficult because I was born in England. I want to root for a European team, the European team, and then obviously live in America most of my life. I root for the American. It's just, it's honestly, it's it's the most uh, difficult thing I have to do. That in the Solheim Cup, I have a hard time honestly watching uh, the the writer in Solheim Cups and rooting for a company.
3: You like the underdog, and that's why you support Palace. No, that's
4: no, I'm gonna say no. That. I support Palace because my because my dad move from Jamaica to South London. Oh, we know, Patrick. Was local I'm just...
3: I'm I wouldn't just do it on, really, on yeah. any
4: other circumstances, trust me. I was forced into it.
3: <laughs> so and there are people it. people that select it. We're all here because of location and family and whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good point. <laughs> Will often says to me, I hate you, Dad. Why do we support Palace? I said, look, we get tickets for all the games. We can get away tickets. We see all the best teams and Liverpool... And so we can we can get to enjoy these games. I just wish that he had a few more years in the Championship to endure. Talking of endurance, uh, we played l- uh, last night at the time of recording, we played Manchester United in the League Cup. Um, we were going to gloss over it, but I think there's a fair few things we need to say about it. Um, the only thing I'm going to say about the Fulham game is, other than respect the point, but... It's the first time I've ever noticed the fact that before the game, you've got Roy Hogson appearing in a grime video. I'll say that again. Roy Hogson, before the game on the Jumbotron, appears in a grime video. And I just... Uh, do you have a, a better juxtaposition than that, Chris Clark?
5: I don't. Enough respect to Roy for that. But um, what the I was to say, again. Um, actually, Sorry. which was a... What I want to say, which was a big highlight of uh, Saturday for me, was popping down to the White Horse pub. Again, pub talk, but um, you'll see why in a second. Where the HF had got, they'd arranged a collection for one of the uh, local food banks, the South North Community Kitchen. And they raised over 1,400 pounds. And a van full of food and, uh, you know, various other equipment for people. You know, I mean, I I, I took a few soups down and um, some uh, shower gel and stuff like that. And I know it's it's an immensely valuable initiative. And South North Community Kitchen did a post on Facebook saying it's the biggest donation they've ever had. So well done to the HF and everyone who turned up and supported that. Good work.
3: Good work indeed. And well done to everybody that traipsed up to Manchester on Tuesday night to watch us. I, I think capitulate is too, is too weak a word to use. Um, I'm just going to read you go, uh, Jordan Iou's comments. It was really tough. We kept on pushing. We kept on fighting. We changed our shape in the second half. It was a bit better. We know they were just better than us tonight. And we just need to go back home, recover and get ready for Saturday because Saturday's going to be a different game. Now, how much of that was in their heads before the game? We seem to be going back to Ball Mark 1 with how we set out our stall in that game. Now, we had two debutants: We had Dean Henderson and we had Rob Holding, as well as Jack uh, Jaswak Saki playing up front for us. Dean Henderson... I have found out today, we didn't sign for Forrest. They didn't want him because they were too worried about his fire injury recurring. 17 minutes he lasted yesterday. Now, I'll give him due where it's due that he's actually played more minutes on field than a certain uh, fallback that we signed from West Bromwich Albion. But Patrick, you, like most Palace fans... Um, you weren't happy with the performance. What what do you think was behind such a shit show of a performance from Palace?
4: I mean, there are a lot of things. I mean, you know, people want to point to this might be kinda of long by the way, so I apologize in advance. Um, okay. people wanna point people wanna to point to the board and I agree that we didn't um sign enough players. We haven't in the last couple of transfer windows. Um but the players that we do have um need to perform better. I mean, you said that you made the point about you know people should be. I think people should be funded for going after that game. yesterday. it was it was it was a disgrace because we didn't even put out, we didn't put forth an effort. I think that we should have put forth. And you know, Talksport had to had the had the question today. What's the point of Christopher's Football Club? And you know, <laughs> though that's very demeaning, and I don't agree with that comment. You got to kind of think to yourself like, what is the point of being in a cup competition? And I and I get that it's Old Trafford, it's Man United, it's difficult and we probably weren't going to win the match. But why go up there, play a weakened side, and now you can say, okay, we had injuries, and that has been a problem this season. I will I will admit that also. But it was a problem during the boys' last in also, so maybe we should look at that because it's not a coincidence that we seem to have players getting injured all the time under Hodgson. But what's the point of going up there with a the weakened side, falling behind 2-0, and then taking off the one kid that you started? The one, because we should probably play maybe a few more just to blood them and then take the kid off at halftime, and then put on a defender at 2-0. It's like, like I just don't understand what we're doing this season. Jazvair Vasaki has played nine minutes in the Premier League this season, nine. Ahamud has played 36 minutes this year. Aboué has played zero minutes this year in the Premier League. Now, I remember making a comment uh, to D during uh, our first um, uh, game, the post-match, the Sheffield United game, and one of my pet peeves was, you know, why not sub some players in? And he goes, well, why sub in? You know, we're, winning, we're winning 1-0, why did?" I said, you're not you're missing the point. For the, just going forward, you want to get players involved in the game because the more you get them involved, then you don't put them out for the first time against Plymouth or the first time against yeah. you know, Gyro hasn't played a Premier League m- minute all season. Played great yesterday. So my point is, like, we, do have a, we don't have a deep squad, but we have enough players that had we, in my opinion, by the way, had we at least got them involved before yesterday, could maybe have done a better job. Of course, the Edward injury was very unfortunate when it happened, you know, Saturday. Henderson injury yesterday, very unfortunate that it happened. But we had enough players that we could have at least put out a a, a better performance against a man at side. By the way, and I'm almost done. Is one of the worst Manchester I've ever seen in my life. They are absolutely terrible. They're injuries. They're injury stricken. There's a lot of back, back, back behind the scenes in stuff that's going on with them. They're not a good side, and they made us. They embarrassed us yesterday. So the. The point of Chris Paris right now is to stay in the Premier League. And for me, honestly, I am so sick to my back teeth of that whole attitude. It's, we've got to be better. So I, I just don't know. I, I really, I'm starting to really wonder what is the point of our club because I don't understand why we, why we just take cup competitions so lightly. We've never won a major cup in our... Yes, I'm sorry. We won the ZDS Cup. I will put that in for Nick Those that in there. We had never won a major cup in our in Thai history. I'm not saying we would have won it this year, because it's going to be difficult to win it. But to not even put the effort forward yesterday was so, to me, so upsetting and so. I'm just, I just, I just don't get the point right now. Of what we're trying to do, I just don't understand it.
3: Roy Hodgson at the transfer window said oh, he was kind of happy with everything that went on, but but alluded to the fact that yesterday that he wasn't very happy. Was he trying to prove a point? Yes, do you think, Chris? I know you didn't see the game, but you've obviously heard all the, all the stuff on social media and, and the moaning in the back of the next WhatsApp chat. Um, do you think we're trying to prove a point here by by actually being shit?
5: <laughs> I mean, if that's the way that you make your point, then it's a pretty crap way of making your point, in, in my opinion. Um, I, I don't think that's what Roy is doing apart from anything else if you're going to send a message that you want better signings you're better off doing that in August before the window closes rather than waiting till they've not been made and then moaning about it when there's four months to go or whatever it is it's three months isn't it till the January window opens so that would be utterly pointless and I don't believe that that's necessarily his his style I think this reflects a number of things. I mean, the the, the club in recent years, especially under Hodgson, did not prioritise uh, cup uh, tournaments. I understand why. I, like Patrick, I'm frustrated at that as well. I, I obviously want to see us win a cup, probably more than uh, anything else. I do also want my team to be in the top flight and... Luckily, it's not my money at stake, but I understand that the, the people who own the club, especially Parrish, are burnt by the unsustainable uh, issues that have happened in the past. They're trying to run the club a certain way, a sustainable way, and they, they're they delivering on those terms. Now, those terms may not be fun and they may be frustrating, but you know, on those terms alone, I think they are being delivered. With regard to the team selection, I mean, it's fair to say that we only started four of our normal starting 11. And, you know, you wouldn't necessarily expect that team to fare particularly well. Again, I, I don't disagree with a lot of what Patrick said in terms of his actual analysis. One, I didn't see the game. But secondly, um, I've heard a lo- and read a lot uh, of social media and match reports and so forth since. You can see what's happened there. And if I'd been there, I'd I'd be frustrated too. But at the same time, Frankly, I, I do probably agree I, with the idea that the Premier League is more important than the League Cup. And I would turn round the question, what's the point of Crystal Palace Football Club, to what's the point of the League Cup? I think we're reaching the stage where that is actually being strongly argued that it should be abolished. And I, I think we'll see that happen in the next two, three years. Yeah, and then it'll
3: be, what's the point of the FA Cup? Slippery slope, League Cup's been up. Yeah, i uh, bring back next. the Watney's Cup for the highest goal scorers in the top two divisions who don't qualify for any other competition. And it's the biggest trophy you've ever seen, even bigger than the European Cup. Sure, I've seen a picture of Frank Worthington with it back in the day. Um, Yeah, I mean, it was pants. Um, Did you do your player ratings yesterday, Patrick, or are you just leaving that for league games? I
4: I can't do a YouTube show anymore. I can't can't deal with mental. I can't deal with it anymore. I've stopped doing the show, so no.
3: Okay, fair enough. You're, you're taking a hiatus. Um, cause I was going to ask you, Klein looked off the ball last night quite a bit. In fact, I'd prefer ball over Klein at the moment. Um, let's just talk about our injuries because we do seem to have a lot of them. Ah, oh, here we are. Found the page. Right. Okay. So we have expand, you bastard. Sorry. Computer troubles. No, now it's gone off the page. This great that this isn't live, isn't it? Right, so I've got in, premierinjuries.com. <laughs> we won't talk about the uh, the Twitter thing that Chris and Co tried to do in the week. Right, Michael Elise, fire injury. Oh. Further detail, on the 22nd, he's worked very hard, got himself into a position where we thought he could take part in some training, and unfortunately that's when there was a slight setback. Potential return 21st of the 10th status ruled out. Matthias Franca, lower back injury. On September the 15th, we hope he'll be back with us in a couple of weeks in training sessions and he's got to get himself match fit and accept that after the six and seven weeks he's had to recover from his injury, he'll have plenty of work to do to get himself up to speed. Potential return date 21st of the 10th. Jefferson Lerma. Injured. Potential return date, 7th of October. He's had a scan this morning, so I can't give any details. This is all from Roy. But it has to do with his hamstring. That's two hamstrings we've got. James Tonkin's calf shin heel injury. September the 15th, we have James, who is unfortunately suffering from minor injury. He won't be available. 7th of the 10th, uh, a It was a freak one during training where no one was near him at the time. He stretched and caught his ankle in the turf. Currently being assessed at 25% for being ready on the 30th of the night, which is the Saturday game against Manchester United. And finally, with a tight hamstring that's currently being assessed, Odson Edouard, um, who it says ruled out, but I'm not sure if that's for the Man United game yesterday, Uh, at the current time of recording, or the um, game on Saturday. Hasn't got Dean Henderson on here. He's going to have a scan in a couple of days. That's a horrible injury list with some very, very important players. Why the bloody hell do the board and the management and Dougie not plan for these worst-case scenarios? Because, look, I know it's a dream to have a blinding player to cover for every single position. It really is. It's a pipe dream for a Palace fan. We're not Arsenal. We can't go out and spend millions like other teams. But some decent backups, as Patrick said, perhaps if we played some of the young uns a bit earlier, we'd be OK. But it seems to me the only positions we've got that we can truly cover are centre-backs at the moment, where I thought that Chris Richards did a very, very good job again yesterday Rob Holding needs to find his feet a little bit. What are your thoughts on that, Patrick?
4: Um, I'm not. I understand what you're saying with the injuries, but everyone gets injuries. I mean, I think currently the team that spent almost a billion uh, pounds, Chelsea, have about eleven injuries. So I get what you're saying, and of course, I'm not comparing us to Chelsea because they can actually afford to have injuries, but they can't because they actually blow us in the table. But if you're gonna, if you're gonna have such a, a light squad then you need to play more of the players so that you know you can rotate. Roy does not have doesn't use a deep squad. He only ever subs in two players at most. One's Meteta, the other one's Will Hughes. When we have a full squad, he only subs those two in. Armada didn't play except for the forest game, the last game of season, at all last season, when he could have gotten in easily yeah. for three or four of those last few games. So I understand what you're saying, Nick, but this is my thing. What are the tactics? What are what are our tactics season? Then we've gone back to that four four two that Roy used when we had Kabai and Townsend and Loftus Cheek. But these players can't play that four-four-two 2 unless it's Mateta and Edward, And we just talked about one of them is already injured. So we don't try anything different. I mean, we do the same thing that he did. You just said it, but during Roy Ball won. Roy I don't understand. I understand last year, everybody wants to get crazy about that 10-game streak at the end of the season. And I'll say it again. I'll say it until I get blue in the face. Patrick Veer would have won those same matches. The only problem was Patrick Veer had one of those toughest stretches that no one wants to really talk about. Before he, got, before he got canned, he had to play United twice, Liverpool, Brighton, Brentford, Arsenal. I could go on, Newcastle. He played all teams, Chelsea, that were above him and, and lost a lot of the game, but got some points in those games. Then we ended up playing, then we ended up playing. I have it right here. Leicester, relegated. Leeds, relegated. Southampton, relegated. Drew Everton, almost got relegated. Lost the Wolves, beat West Ham, good win, 4-3. Lost the Spurs, beat Bournemouth, Drew Fulham, Drew Forrest. So it wasn't like we beat at the end of the season Liverpool, Chelsea, Man United, Arsenal. We beat teams which we would have beaten under Vera, and we weren't going down. So my thing is, people got crazy about oh, Alisa played great last year, and Eze was much better under under Roy. But really, is that what we we were doing based on who we played this season? Again, we've played not great teams, and the ones that haven't been great, we've beaten. That have been that's been Sheffield United and Wolves. We haven't beaten anybody good this season. We haven't even had good performances against teams that want to beat, like an Arsenal who we sat back for 90 minutes and got beat 1-0, unfortunately, or against uh, Aston Villa away, which is a, you know, you can talk about the penalty all you want, etc. So I get what people are saying, but my point is if we're going to to have a team this season, have a tactical setup that works for these players that you have. If the plan was, Alici and Eze, I hate to say it, that plan's not going to work this season because if we have them for 20 games this season, we'll be lucky. Wolf is yeah. gone. You know what I mean? So we've got to have a better plan. There seems to to be no plan for me with this with this current manager manager setup. It just it's very frustrating. It really is.
3: I'm looking at uh, on who's scored.com on uh, the upcoming fixture and it says team characteristics. I'm gonna give you Man United strengths, man United's style, man United's weaknesses. Okay, their strengths are they're good at creating long shot opportunities. They're good at coming back from losing positions and they're good at creating chances through individual skill. Okay, that's good. Their weaknesses, avoiding offsides, aerial duels, and they're very weak at defending counterattacks. Now, when you look at that as a Palace fan, you think of us as counterattacking football, don't you? That, that, that's kind of, we've always been that way as far, as long back as I can remember, say for Royal Ball part one. But have we got the players to counter-attack? Have we got the pacey players with those out injured? Now, yes, we could argue that we've got Raksaki. He barely saw the ball in the first half. The ball was coming down the left-hand side, not the right-hand side. Did we miss a trick kind of leaving him out of the game a bit there, Patrick, do you think?
4: I mean, yeah, tactically, you've got to find a way to get him into the game more. I mean, he was going against Um Amrabat, who was playing as a... Uh, I'm trying to find the right word, a part-time left-back. He's not a left-back by trade. He's a defensive midfielder. Um, he played last year against Man United when Charlton played up there in the, in, the, in the League Cup, did much better than yesterday. And then take him off at halftime. I mean, they, again, I, I get that he didn't light the world on fire yesterday, but he didn't have that many opportunities. I don't understand what well, you're right. Maybe we could have moved him inside, maybe maybe switch him over to the other side, put, are you on that side, do something different. But we did the same thing the entire 45 minutes. It was very strange. I mean, again, I'm not saying Jez Vaksak Saki is the next Wolf Saha. What I'm trying to say is that we've not given this kid a chance to succeed. We should should have sent him back on loan to a championship side. He's supposed to go to Ipswich. Ipswich are killing kin in the um or was it Leicester? I actually both he was linked to both of them, I think, at one point. They're both doing great in in the championship right now. I don't understand why we kept him here and not use him. I mean, I just don't get it. And we talked about injuries. He actually hasn't been injured. <laughs> so we could have given him a, more. I don't understand why. It's just I don't I don't know, Nick. It's it's very frustrating. Like I said, it's it's again, I want to get behind what we're trying to do but I just, I'm just frustrated. I don't know what we're trying to do right now. I just don't quite understand. Uh, I get the lack of, like I said, I understand the whole, we didn't spend money. The the ownership model is not great, but you've got to do the best of what you have. I'm, try- I'm actually trying to figure out why did Roy even come back? Like, I honestly, <laughs> at the end of the season, no, I'm being, I'm being serious. At the end of the no, season, no. I was so happy for what he had done, I really was. And I'd gotten over my, you know, because everybody knows, I've never been a big white backer, but I actually backed him last season. I'm, I'm hunting the back doorwards before with him, which is terrible because he did a great job last year. For him to come back, why did he come back? One year contract, not getting backed, same tactics basically. In, mean, I, you know, I don't understand why he would come. Unfortunately, he got he got sick. I mean, why would you come back at 70 years old to deal with this again? I mean, I, I maybe I'm okay, getting must he must love me must love Palace. I mean, I, I gave him credit for that because I know I'm ranting. I'm sorry this could be a rant filled show, but I'm just. I'm just so um i'm I'm all over the head place with this club right now it's just I'm just frustrated beyond belief I just am so sorry
3: with with that sorry. you know we did he didn't know that Edouard was going to get injured, he didn't know Elise was going to crock himself against France, and yes, you're right about the squad depth, but he's the one that can bring the players through um my big shining light yesterday was gyro yes, and we'll talk about him in a bit, but he looked about the only player that was playing with intent. Um, for those of you not watching, um, Patrick is rubbing his face in despair. <laughs> Chris, I just spoke about Man United's strengths and weaknesses and their style. What do you think? In fact, I'm going to talk about Man United's style because it it, it absolutely complete. Oh, it's got off my screen. It absolutely completely mirrors what they were doing last night, which was keeping the ball. In the opposition's half, playing high up, stopping passes coming through, um, attacking down the left, taking lots of shots. What do you think Crystal Palace's uh, strengths are, Chris? On who scored without looking it up?
5: Oh, blimey! I mean, I'm gonna. I mean, counter attack would be one. Um, surrender. I mean, I, I don't know whether you call it a strength. Um, defending behind the ball. Yeah. Yeah. Defending yeah. behind the ball and counter-attacking. Yeah, Steal, stealing
3: the ball Picks. stealing the that's ball from that, the opposition. That. We're very strong. We did a lot of that against Fulham. But one of our weaknesses, and we're very weak at, is keeping possession of the ball. Just to go back to the Fulham game, I thought we defended brilliantly in that game. I really do. It was just that we couldn't pass the ball out. We're strong at shooting from direct free kicks. We're strong at aerial duels. And we're strong at defending set pieces. Our witnesses of finishing scoring chances. As style, it says here, is non-aggressive. Do you think we should be more aggressive, Chris?
5: Well, certainly uh people in the uh in the homestale thought thought that we should <laughs> on Saturday. Uh, that was pretty apparent based on some of the songs that were being sung around me, get into yes. them and so forth. Um I I think. Yeah, I mean, it it wasn't the, a dynamic performance. It was one, that one thing that I will say, and obviously this isn't a review show, but um, I was stood next to DR. Uh, well, actually, DR wasn't stood near me, but he came and stood with me for the second half, and I really enjoyed the first half of that game. And it might just be because I'm not going to quite as many games as I was in previous years, so I've got a bit jaded. But now, when I go to a game, I'm really enjoying it, and... But I, I genuinely enjoyed what I saw and I was quite optimistic. The stats don't reflect what I thought I saw on the pitch. So, you know, that does suggest there's an element of optimism stroke, cockeyed bias on my part. And I'm more than happy to hold my hands up to that. Uh, but I, I was quite upbeat after the first half of that game and frustrated that we didn't win it in the end, albeit that uh, they, they actually had more proper chances than we did. But... I was genuinely optimistic by by that you know after that performance and I mean I you won't catch me I mean we're going to reach predictions at some point um and you won't catch me predicting a, a palace win on Saturday but I'm not personally I mean I don't think that you can can extrapolate from uh, what seven of our starting 11 not being on the pitch I don't think you can extrapolate a 3-0 de- um defeat for most of our first 11 not being there to quite a lot of our actual first 11 being on the pitch on Saturday. I just don't think they're the same thing. So I, I'm not, I'm not as concerned as you, you know, as others may be. But then on the other hand, I didn't see last night's game. games. So yeah. That's the point.
3: Um, our form against Manchester United, um, very, very poor um, in um, all time. I think we've won about 10 times against them. That is all. That's not very many, is it? Um, Patrick, uh, would you would you start Gyro on Saturday based on his performance last night, or do you think Hughes will get it? Because we know Lerman's not coming back.
4: Well, Gyro came off late. I don't know if it was fatigue or injury, so I'm not sure if he's ready to start on Saturday. I love what he did yesterday. I've always been a actually big fan of Gyro. Don't know why he hasn't got more opportunities, but um. There's, I mean, I'd like to see him start, but there's no way he's going to start over Hughes, so it's not even really much of a discussion point. I, mean, I would. But
3: he's always been the the forgotten man, hasn't he? Very
4: much so, which is a shame, because he's got ability uh, at more than just left back. It's a real shame that, you know, maybe, it was the, maybe that's the Frank De Boer tax he had to pay for getting bought by Frank De Boer, because apparently no man has ever fancied him, which is a shame. Ever
3: fancied him. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a show because he's never actually—I've never seen him have a, a terrible game for us. Have you, Chris?
5: Against Burnley, the game where uh, he where what's his name, the Dutch guy got sacked. Um, oh. He was pretty. What bad position that. was, was uh, he in for that game? A corner. <laughs> he might have been playing centre back, but he didn't realise that he needed to jump when a corner came in. And that yeah, was you know, pretty much. Chris is
4: right. That's actually the worst game ever seen him play. He had him at centre half for some strange reason. Did we play three at the back that time? or think we tried to play three at the back, I think it was. Or was that when you had Luca back there? But anyway, either way, you're right. That was the worst game he's ever played. You're right. That's a great shout, by the way. A Great shout. He was. A he,
3: good he, he's just never done that badly. Um, so, head to head, I finally found it. So. Against Manchester United, we've played them um, 64 times, including the League Cup game this week. Man United have won 41 of them. Palace have won 10 of them. And we've drawn 13. Recently, it's, it's kind of not been too bad in recent years compared to, um, to a bit before that. Um, we beat them last on the 22nd of May, uh, last season uh twenty twenty two. Um we beat them one nil. Um and we beat them away in twenty twenty. Wilf Wolf scored in that one if I remember rightly, didn't he?
4: That wasn't that wasn't last
3: season. That was a that free, was, that was a free that was, one 20, 2020
4: No Vieira's was the first that one nil was Vieira's first season. It wasn't yeah. last season.
5: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um I would argue we beat them one. Or yeah, the Great <laughs> shout, Yeah, we'll take, <laughs> felt like a victory because yeah. it was late on. Take
3: that as a win. Right, <laughs> my, my usual question. I'll only be able to do once each time this season because you might remember it. When was the first time we played at Manchester United ever, Chris?
5: Nineteen bit
3: earlier than that, Patrick. Nineteen
4: thirty-seven.
3: It was actually 1922 and surprisingly it was um, in League Division 2 and we lost 2-1. Our first victory against Manchester United was on Valentine's Day in 1925, also in League Division 2, where we beat them 2-1 at home. And, of course, there was that time where... On that fateful day, the 16th of December 1972, um, Don Rogers, um, we thrashed Manchester United. Did they go down that season, Man United? I can't remember if they did, didn't they? They did. It was Dennis Law that relegated yeah. them, one yeah. of their ex players, yeah. it was playing for Manchester City,
5: yeah. uh,
3: and they relegated Manchester United. I was sorting out books in my lounge because I the kitchen's coming on. I think it'll only be another another week or so, so that's good. My house smell, my lounge smells of cabbage and shepherd's pie tonight, which is it was all right. But while I was hungry, but now I've eaten, I feel like I'm in a Dostoevsky novel with the cabbage smell. And uh, Patrick <laughs> seems like he wants to murder someone and get away with it. <laughs> <So> we'll, <laughs> we'll see what happens. Um, referee, I us go see this. Chris Kavanagh.
4: Yeah, exactly. doesn't matter.
3: Chris Kavanagh. He has only refereed five games for us. Can I guess? Go on in.
4: We've probably won won one game out of those five.
3: Yeah, we've won one.
4: Yeah, exactly. Drawn two and lost two. Did it have to tell you who the games were against? like, I'm going to guess the win. Oh, it doesn't tell you. It doesn't, uh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because I, mean, I think sure. I'm in win, actually.
5: What do you think was the win? I think Patrick? it was um, Arsenal
4: at home, but I have to look it up. I'll look it up. I'm going to look it up. Yeah,
5: I think 3 0. Actually, there were two 3 0s, weren't yeah, there? It was, anyway.
3: And he has refereed. Sorry, just um, moving up. He has refereed eleven Manchester United games. Uh-huh. They've won half of them, or just over half. They've won six, um, lost two, and drawn three. I think that works out. Uh, looking at that, working out my percentages very very quickly. So, let's talk about lineups for Saturday. Man United going to be a diff- different kettle of fish. They're shit in the league. Uh, we can go above them in the table if we beat them. Um, so with the players out, Patrick, are you going to set up at the beginning like we ended the game with three centre-backs and two wing-backs just to try and counter that Man United press or are you just going to go with four at the back again? What do you think, Patrick? you asking me
4: or are you asking me if I'm Roy Hodgson? Because I'm a little confused.
3: Let's have two answers.
4: <laughs> it doesn't matter what I think, so... Um Hodgson's going to set up the same way he, he did in the uh, beginning of most matches in, in the four four two. So it'll be the regular back four and uh, four midfielders. And I don't know who, but as far as who's going to play where, I have no idea. With injuries, I have no idea who's going to play. I'd love to have Lerma back, but it's not going to happen most likely. But I don't think he's going to play five at the back from the beginning. <laughs> that would be hilarious <laughs> way, if he did it,
5: but I don't think he'll do that.
3: What are your thoughts, Chris, on how we should set up before we talk lineup?
5: Well, I don't hugely disagree with what Roy tends to do, to be honest. I mean, I was looking through what I think is probably our best eleven, taking into account uh, the injuries that we have. So, I mean, Johnston has to start in goal. Um, The defence picks itself, which is Mitchell, Gay, Anderson, Ward. Then in midfield, I would say De Kure, Eze and Ayu are nailed down. Lerma would be in there, but he's not going to be. So I would say that's probably going to be you put Jeff Schlup on the on the left, and that way the the rest of that stays as it is. Possibly you put um, Hughes in, um, and then the up top I'd be having Edward and Mateta, but obviously actually Edward's not available. So that's Hughes dropping into that spot, moving Eze into a number ten. So I think I think that's it's effectively four five one or four three three if you you know, depending on the I movement. have to ask Chris a question,
4: Nick, if you don't mind.
3: Yeah, go ahead.
4: So you just you just said you have no problem the way the way Roy sets up, Chris, which is an interesting statement, which is fair. Um <laughs> but you do realise that I think they said it's 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 we haven't scored a goal in the first half. For, I think it was since
3: 1937.
4: Nice, no, like I <laughs> <So he was, laughs> I think the stat was 14 matches, but nevertheless, <laughs> they haven't scored a first half goal this season under Hodgson. And he always, well, I shouldn't say always, and for the most part, a half that he'll make some kind of adjustment. He'll yeah. bring someone on, not right around, you know, 60th minute, wherever, and we'll, he'll change things up. So, my question to you is, why do you
5: not have a problem where he sets up so we can't score a goal in the first half? Just curious because it depends on who we're playing um if obviously you're playing Sheffield United and you don't score in the first half then obviously that's frustrating um if you're playing Man U and you don't score in the first half then I mean as long as you haven't conceded in the first half you're still in the game and that's obviously you know the philosophy that Roy has historically employed it's and it's basically what I expect from Palace so I'm I I know there are a lot of people who are understandably very frustrated with the situation at the club, but I I guess just, you know, I'm still one of those people who is relatively content with ploughing away at being a stable Premier League team and hoping to aspire, you know, to do something better in due course, maybe win a cup, maybe, you know, get a better top half position. But I'm I'm relatively content with the status of the but club.
3: A cup that you don't think will exist in three or four years. <laughs>
5: <laughs> well, yeah. I'm talking about yeah, I, yeah. Uh, the League Cup. I don't think will exist. The FA Cup, I think, should. There will be a push to uh, ruin that as well. But you know that that's down to there's, there's a whole debate, isn't there, about legacy fans, uh, people who. Go to games and feel an attachment to their club, and don't want to see the whole game monetized and transformed in the way that Project Big Picture and other people who want to change it um, are pursuing. You know, and that's where the um, Todd Bowley model and Chelsea and, and all of this madness that we're seeing happening. You know, that maybe that's the future, and I'm the stick in the mud. But I, I like the league the way the way it has been. Um, I guess, to be honest. There were obviously transformations that happened before that with the advent of the Premier League, etc. So everyone thinks their era is the best, don't they? And the change
3: bring back the path back for, for the, the goalie. goalie. I don't want to be That's what I say. that
5: guy. I <laughs> <laughs>
4: Red Star great. love it. I found the Kavanaugh stat, by the way, it was actually on, last you... season against uh, Leeds away, four-one. That was the first. Oh. That was our only win with him under ref. So
3: that was a good day out. Um, it was. Talking of good days out. Chris, have you got a Manchester pub watch for us?
5: I do indeed. Um, You'll be sad to hear, first of all, to say, Nick, that um, you remember the Alphabet Brewing Company that we visited? Um, Now, a thing of the past uh, closed down in May because I looked that up to recommend that. Um, And, yeah, there's a BBC article online Uh, about how that sadly shut its doors Uh, but i do have two recommendations places that i've been to one is very near the station the piccadilly tap uh, has a decent selection of craft beers um, and is near the station so before you make your journey and that's assuming of course that you're able to get there in any way that involves taking you anywhere near the railway station specifically targeted um, at a certain political
3: conference that's going on that week so I'd be very, very surprised if there are any yeah. trains to Manchester from London on that day.
5: But people may be getting coaches, and if they're doing that, right, they'll still okay. end up near Piccadilly. So I can recommend the Piccadilly Tap. Or you might be, of course, travelling up on the Friday and back on the Sunday to avoid the strike, if you're able to afford overnight accommodation. If Which is increased because so Piccadilly Tap. Of if you're going to the, the other
3: station conference, I did look at that option before I cancelled my tickets, and the prices mm. were ludicrous. It has to be said. Sorry, carry on.
5: <laughs> well, uh, no, no, that's all right. We're we're doing we're doing pub watch, and so we've done one, uh, which is the Piccadilly Tap. The other one I'm going to recommend is much nearer the ground. It's the Dockyard Pub in Media City in Salford. So that's just a short walk. It's about five to ten minutes walk from Old Trafford. Uh, it's 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 a modern pub. It's not you know your kind of classic, uh, you know, fireside place um, like the moon underwater that George Orwell wrote about years ago it's not that kind of place but it it's got a decent selection of um real ales and craft beer uh, and it's a nice little setup and it's away fan friendly I was able to sit in there with uh my with loads of palace fans in colors but also united fans some of whom I, you know one or two of whom I knew and bumped into and had a chat with so it's a friendly place' What was the place that if
3: what was the, the place I met you in around that media city area.
5: Yeah. I think it, what, I think is it, it took it me seven hours to drive yeah. away
3: from in the traffic because of roadworks. Absolute bloody nightmare. Right, I'm looking at the time here. I've got to go out and collect my daughter. Um, so what I will do is I'm going to read uh, – I did a little video on TikTok earlier and the predictions – came in or one of them from TikTok we've got a person called G who said it's never good when the manager pretty much accepts defeat before a ball is kicked <laughs> and that's the attitude the players went with into the game G my man you my lady yes my lady um, you didn't actually leave a thing what I specifically asked for although your point is very um, very relevant um So, over on the Facebook The back of the Ness uh, Back of the Ness chat group On Facebook um, Chris Chantry said After Roy's comment that we'll be setting our stall out The same as last night And the fact they will have better players on the pitch I'm guessing we still won't score And we'll probably concede a couple 2-0 United if we're lucky um, Although Richard Evans does say That he thinks Roy's comments Were intended to mislead Man United um, Michael Pudney says, I predict a riot. Duh, 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 duh. Shot on target, which I found quite amusing. Um, Warren Saul says we'll lose 4-0 if we're lucky. Aaron Mano says we'll lose again. And Richard Greenwood adds a bit of positivity by saying we're only going to lose 3-0. Positive compared to Warren's. Uh, I'm going to go, and I never predict a Palace loss. Uh, and I never get the predictions right either. So I'm going to go 3-0 Man United and we'll be calling for Roy's head at the end of the game because they, Man United have been absolutely pony and Palace Twitter is going to explode. Patrick, predictions that you don't like to do? Can we,
4: I know I don't like to do them, but can we just note that I've gotten the last two predictions spot on. I got 3-1 Villa and 0-0 last week.
3: Well done. Okay. Should we um, send uh, Patrick a prize or, or get a prize for when, nope. he, uh, when he comes nope. over, Chris? No
4: prize is needed. I just wanted to point it out so in case people aren't paying attention. So I'm going to I'm going to go 4-0 Man United this week. I'm very optimistic.
3: I'll just leave a bit of silence there. Okay.
4: You said no. three. What's the meaning of three and four? One A yeah, no. I
3: mean.
4: <laughs> <laughs> singular goal.
3: Yes. Um... Look, I'm sorry it's been a bit down, but this week, but we've been shit. We've tried to be.
4: Wait, wait, Chris. Go on.
3: Oh, sorry. Yeah, I haven't
5: done a prediction. Oh, gone, yeah. <laughs> and and the, the hard optimist is going yeah. for nil nil. What about
3: when the game starts?
5: Yeah. Well, after halftime was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nail, right. Nil nil What score. will the
3: halftime score be, as the old joke goes? And I've
5: just put my money I've just put my money where my I've just put my money where my mouth is as well. I've sat okay. liquid on it.
3: That's good. As usual, you can find us across all platforms. Uh, Clapham Junction platform seven. Um, <laughs> sorry, that was awful. Um we're on YouTube. <laughs> uh, Patrick used to be on the YouTube D's. Still pumping out content. I don't know. Well, he, he there's plenty of stuff to be talking about. Um, we're on TikTok. We're on Instagram. And we're on Twitter X. Catch uh, the erstwhile Mr Hambling. And the very, very tall Mike Scott. And still hasn't developed an Irish accent yet. Cara Skipper will be reviewing the match. Um, Chris was incredulous with Palace's performance on the last show it's well worth a listen um, so we'll leave you there and say up the bloody Palace thank you you two blinding as always and um, the next one we're playing Forest. so hopefully we might have a little bit of um, wait, something
4: wait there's more, more Palace
3: excuse them <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes let's just end it now let's end it now